Are you the cunning linguist? Well, have I got the game show for you. I'm Jordan Haas, and welcome to Game Shows, I Suppose. Everybody and welcome to the niche podcast about the one thing that I know something about game shows. I suppose I'm your host Jordan Haas. Today we'll be talking about Smush with the pride of Chicago, my funny friend Chris Murphy. It's gonna be a ton of fun. I feel like I'm just doing this for my health, though. But hey, if you're tuning in. Uh, welcome to a game show podcast. Every week we dissect a, 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 a game show and we also do news and reviews and bookends. That's why it's always like two hours long. So uh, I have to explain that because some people uh, don't know what this podcast is about. Not, not a comedy bit, but man, I feel like there's a big joke on me every week. Uh, but But we have to get started somehow. So let's start it off right Let's begin with the news. I'm in a great mood today, and if you can't figure out why, that's because there is no press releases for me to read this week. So it's been a very Merry Christmas, to say the least, which means I can now take the time that would normally go to the news uh, to basically try my best to get a whole bunch of guests for future weeks as I try my best to to set up for year two of game shows, I suppose. Next week is the one-year anniversary show. One year ago, we started game shows, I suppose, chronicling every game show ever made. So let's keep the ball rolling. Let's try and get some of the same guests we had first year back over. And let's try to get some new people as well and, and just have a nice blend. Probably get some more recurring guests more frequently, get some new people, Give me some of your favorite guests. Let me know who you who you enjoyed from this year. I'll try and get them back, unless they blocked me on Twitter, which has been quite a few now that I think about it. Uh, anyway, uh, this week, if you haven't been paying attention to Wheel of Fortune, Vanna White's been hosting it, and uh, yeah, she's she's not really um, doing the the best job of hosting. But then again, it's not her position to be a host. She just had to be a fill-in host because of Pat Sajak. Uh, but I'm going to now come up with the game show hot take within the first five minutes of the show. Uh, Vanna did a better job hosting Wheel of Fortune the last couple of days than Pat Sajak has the last couple of seasons. The reason being is because Vanna, being uh, not used to hosting Wheel of Fortune... Uh, is, is instructing not just the contestants, but the viewers at home how to play the game. Which means if you're new to Wheel of Fortune, don't know how to play Wheel of Fortune, how the game works, by Vanna instructing you how it's played and her learning the ropes along with you, it made for a more fascinating show to watch versus Pat Sajak, who is coasting along. 
to me, I felt like that these couple of episodes have been a lot of fun, even though Minnie Mouse does not, of course, uh, play with the letterboard. You just have a person in a costume point at the letterboard, and then, oh, there it is, it, magic, which is kind of weird, to say the least. Uh, it kind of shows how uh, anyone can be replaceable, especially in this world, but I like Vanna hosting it. I think she did a good job with the bonus rounds. Uh, so congratulations to Vanna. Great work. She'll be doing that for the for a few weeks, and there'll be some surprises along the way. Which sounds fascinating, uh, because, I mean, this is so weird, because we are approaching the end of the Freeman run in favor of Mike Richards, that this is quite the hiccup. But as that's going on, ABC is starting to film Jeopardy! Greatest of All Time, uh, that big event which I am excited about. If you don't know what Jeopardy! is about, you're about to get introduced in primetime television with one of the classic game shows jeopardy i also really enjoy the fact that um jeopardy is the ambassador to game shows i've been seeing this on sports websites i've been seeing this in pop culture magazines everyone has their their two cents on jeopardy goat uh even matt pat who thinks it's rigged so fuck you matt pat um but yes i'm excited for jeopardy goat uh, you have ken jennings brad rudder james holtzhauer playing essentially up to 14 games of Jeopardy, uh, two games per per episode, uh, to determine one point. First to three wins $1 million. A real fascinating game reminds me of Super Jeopardy, both out the four players. Uh, and you never know. Like, uh, this could be over in three. It could be over in seven. It's it's going to be a real, like, uh, trivia version of, of the Super Bowl, in my mind, because... I can't think of another American quiz show that could have the same reach. You can't do this with Millionaire. Uh, there is no real quiz bowl show anymore, unless you count like your high school quiz class. So I'm excited for Jeopardy Goat. Uh, I don't know who wins. Uh, so so it seems a little fascinating to me. Now we're gonna go with the video portion. Uh, they just put out the release date for the crystal maze january 24th on nickelodeon uh they, they showed adam conover being the maze master uh his his whole gimmick is he wears smoking jackets and bow ties and paints his nails like that's about it he still even has the big poofy hair and he even has the rich iowati glasses but i mean when you're come when you're dressing as a maze master you have to have that mysticism element of it and the way he's presenting himself at least in the trailers has some some level of that which is kind of interesting i'm kind of shocked a lot of people did not know what the crystal maze is let alone am conover is hosting especially people who i thought were my friends uh and thought they would have my back when i was you know asking to be a maze master but you know what congrats to adam uh the, this, this version uh, shows a family of five competing in four immersive uh, levels with different games to test physical, mental, skill, and mystery. To win a crystal, we're five seconds inside the crystal dome. Where the more crystals they, with the more tokens they get, the closer they are to getting a twenty-five thousand dollar grand prize. So it didn't look like in the trailer they had the silver crystals. It looks like they just went with gold. But, I mean, I like the theme song. I like the graphic package. It is filmed in the UK. That was the UK set. So a whole lot of flying just for this game show. 
I don't know if they're still going to pick it up for a season two uh, and keep the set there or if they're just going to tear it down. We don't know because they're kind of done with UK episodes for the time being. So that's kind of fascinating. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'll give this a, a try. I mean, I, I kind of like the gold, silver, cheap prizes and 25000 American. That's more than every episode of the Crystal Maze combined when it comes to the civilian episodes for a cash prize. But, I mean, they're keeping the games. They're keeping the zones. It is the Eastern Zone. It is not, no medieval. It's Eastern, Aztec, Industrial, and Future. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to look up for it. I'm going to check it out January 24th with the Nickelodeon family. And the Nickelodeon family. And the Nickelodeon family. But if you are a little impatient like I am, and you have three weeks to kill uh, leading up to the Crystal Maze, why don't you go on Netflix? Because there's going to be a new game show called The Circle. The Circle is a reality show where anyone can be anyone, and the American version is about to drop January 1st. So I am excited. We are like less than three weeks away from The Circle USA. They've already filmed it. It's going to air for three weeks straight, I guess. Or maybe they're just going to have like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday episode. I don't know how they're going to do it. But it, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, Michelle Buteau is going to be hosting the Circle USA, to which I'm going to say, fuck yeah. This is actually one of the better casting choices I have seen in a long time. Maybe you may not know who Michelle Buteau is. She's fucking hilarious. She is exactly the kind of person I would want to host this version of The Circle where you can have that right amount of snark and, and sarcasm and jokes mixed with the open-mindedness of The Circle where it's people who are either going to protect themselves and not admit they're, they're gay or play as a different gender. And the, the kind of psychology effect of it, that because Michelle Buteau can actually juggle both the serious and the silly this is in her wheelhouse and because she is so opinionated i'm pretty sure you're going to get the most opinionated hosts of any game show in the last couple of decades in this point so i am very excited uh to see this new version of the circle i can't wait to uh heart emoji heart emoji winky face send so january 1st on netflix be there Today's episode takes us to Chicago, Illinois, and it's a very fascinating journey because we're going to be talking about Jellyvision. When I was a kid growing up in the 90s, I was playing those You Don't Know Jack uh, CD-ROM trivia games. You know, it was the 90s, and it was all about sarcasm and irrelevance and just deadpan humor and sarcasm and cleverness. And you don't know Jack games were no different than, say, Mystery Science Theater 3000 because of the insults and put-downs were kind of lighthearted and silly, but sometimes just a little mean, but in a fun way. 
and the You Don't Know Jack game was all about high culture and pop culture. It was knowing Shakespeare as well as Star Wars in a way that was very fascinating. The Jellyvision team started out as Learn Television because they were trying to sell reading software to kids in the Chicago public school system. And their their CD-ROM series was called That's a Fact Jack, and it had some of the same kind of silly trivia questions that would mean you know Jack, but about literature. They even included the gibberish question, the rhyming phrase, and learned television, the gibberish would end up being burn jellyvision instead of learn television. And that word, jellyvision, would become the name of the company. This show, this becomes the CD-ROM game You Don't Know Jack, which in turn comes to Volume 2, Sports, Volume 3, Volume 4, The Ride, uh, Fifth Dimension, which we won't talk about because that's no longer in the system, Blame Berkeley. And, of course, the spin-offs like Offline and Louder, Faster, Funnier, and then it kind of slowly fizzled out. Uh, you had Six, The Lost Gold, as a way to reverse it. And then in 2014 and 2012, you would have these rebooted versions of You Don't Know Jack. The reboots of You Don't Know Jack in 2012-2014 would lead to the Jackbox Party Pack that we know today and the Jackbox Games Company as Jellyvision would split using the ICI software that they've invented. It was essentially the interactive term. Like, you know, if you press one too many times, the host will go, you know, you keep pushing one, right? It's never going to be the correct answer. One of those, which makes it an interactive game show for a PC. One of the spin-offs of You Don't Know Jack was one developed for teenagers. As You Don't Know Jack seems to be a bit more risque, they reference the Playboy channel. They reference, you know, getting horny and hookers and, and drugs. So they try to do one for teenagers that was more in tune to what kids were into in the late 90s. The irrelevance, the ska music, as it were. And one of the question types was called the headbutt. As you don't know, Jack had the gibberish question. Headbutt was exclusive to Head Rush. You would be getting two basically crossword type clues complete with a plus sign. For instance, a stream of water plus a gribble from King of the Hill would be river plus Dale Riverdale. This kind of put two words together based on the answers is probably when they decided to create the smush costume party that would be talked about today. Jellyvision did a smush costume party, which was similar to Headbutt, where it was like a before and after puzzle with different people. This moment, this costume party, plus probably this head rush time that, that has existed in Jellyvision, must be the incarnation of smush that we have seen today. Jellyvision tried to do a pilot called Smushed, and rather than, you know, renting out a Chicago theater for a day or getting a soundstage or even going into their office, they decided to record that pilot in their own apartment. That pilot would not be picked up for another few years until it would become a first season wonder on the USA Network. USA Network at the hallmark of Monday Night Raw. Rather, it's La Femme Nikita or Silk Stockings or any of those USA Network shows. You know Smush would be there very, very late, way past midnight, because it looked like the show was destined to fail at such a late time. But 
we're going to take a look back at this crazy cult-like game show that is a quizzer's dream, but a linguist's nightmare. Is pronunciation really important when it comes to these clues, or is there an even deeper meaning to that? Also, how Chicago can we get? Let's get Chris Murphy in here and do one thing and one thing only, and that's turn the tables. With me on the line is Chicago's favorite son, comedian extraordinaire, Chris Murphy. Hey, how's it going, Jordan? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm so glad to have you on game shows, I suppose. One of my favorite funny people on Twitter. I'm, I'm so glad you can stop by and talk about a game show that is, I guess, a nice little oasis of Chicago. And that's why I brought you in for this. <laughs> It's a it's it's a nice summer breeze in this in this cold tundra that that Chicago is right now. It's, it is. Uh, well, we're recording in November, but this is going out December. Uh, but it must be. So we'll just assume the worst has happened. Hell is frozen over. Uh, <laughs> everything is ice. <laughs> Everything's on ice right now. Uh, the, That's not far from the truth <laughs> already. Uh, everything looks like Final Fantasy Seven. Clouds of fog and smoke. Uh, <laughs> that, now that would be cool. And uh, and everyone's st- and yet people still attend baseball games. They're still yelling at each <laughs> other over the Cubs or the Sox. Uh, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Why are you yelling? This baseball season's ended. We're we're in uh, we're in the we're in basketball time. It's all about the Bulls, baby. It's all about the Bears." Baby, it's all about the uh, the the Hawks, the 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 hockey Hawks, the hockey Hawks. It's all about the hockey Hawks, baby. No, it's good. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, I when I when I when you wanted when I asked you and you said sure, I I sent over a copy of one of my favorite game shows of of the mid two thousands. One that's one that I find uh, remarkably good but others find boring, but it, it's something that comes from my heart that I just wanted to share with you, and it, it's a little game show I like to call Smush, and I want to know what your thoughts were on Smush. We watched, we had to take a little, like, recording and then take a break, but I had to, I send over the episode. What were your thoughts on Smush? <laughs> I can't believe they, they let this go to air the way it, it is. It's, yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, this was a game show that aired on USA Network in the early 2000s. And this, so when you think USA Network, you know, you have all your hits. You have your uh, WWE Raw. You have your Nash Bridges. Uh, I, I know I know a certain uncle who's a big fan of La Femme Nikita. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I barely remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your that wings. was that woman cyborg thing. Yes, <laughs> I do remember that. You have your silk stockings, and you have like I guess modern day would be things like burn notice or uh, suits. Remember suits? Uh, yeah the 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 future queen of England was on that show. Queen of England was in suits on USA Network. Characters welcome. Uh, that like it, it, it's fun to see. That at some point USA Network tried to delve into game shows, 
Uh, in the boring world of game shows on USA Network's long franchise history of game shows, and I have to say this with a deep sigh, uh, <laughs> it's it's weird. It's a weird way to explain game shows. Uh, modern day, they have the reboot of The Biggest Loser. The Biggest Loser is back. Oh, God. They also have I... uh, Temptation Island. Remember Temptation Island? I don't. What Which one was that about? I don't, I don't think I was ever allowed to watch that. Uh, okay, so... Imagine you 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 you're a couple. You have your 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 beautiful girlfriend, and you're a big hunk. And they decide, you know, it'd be great if we put you both on a on a resort island, and then put you up with a bunch of single people, and have you basically flirt and fuck them in front of cameras. <laughs> so then, to be a piece of shit, they go to they show you on like a camera what we've recorded and uh oh your boyfriend's cheating on you or uh oh your girlfriend's cheating on you. Okay, that sounds amazing. For the purpose of causing drama and basically breaking up relationships. Uh they brought that show back. <laughs> uh Monday Night Raw, I'm just going to remind people, folks, stop requesting Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw is not a game show. And for USA Network, this was like their only original hit. Game shows on USA Network were kind of things like repeats. Things like uh, reruns of Press Your Luck back in the day or Scrabble. Uh, then they tried to do some of their original shows such as Quicksilver and Free For All. But in 2002, this was their big one and only hit. And what could go wrong, Chris? What can go wrong? Let me tell you, uh, the names associated with this show, these are big, big names. Uh... This, this game show, this smush, uh, Diplomatic Greengrass Productions, these are the people behind Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Really? That surprises me because those game shows are slick and nicely edited. <laughs> yeah, about, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> well, it, I'm not saying this was poorly edited. Some of this could also have been problems by the tape. Uh, we watched the one that's on YouTube. Uh, but not only that, but the team behind it is also Jellyvision. Jellyvision was fresh off the You Don't Know Jack game show on ABC, uh, and they're the creators of the You Don't Know Jack PC games. Uh, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense since it's a Chicago production. It is a Chicago production, and this is why you are here, Chicago Zone, Chris! <laughs> Uh, so, so with, with Jellyvision, Chicago's own, I mean, yeah, right now, if you don't know what Jellyvision is, they're now Jackbox games. They're the team behind your favorite mobile phone games like TKO and Quiplash, Drawful, all those fun games that you play on Twitch with your friends, and you can play on the Bazizio gaming channel from time to time. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's a fun adventure, and they... they love to create games and the invention of smush is very fascinating its origin story uh dated back to a costume party and at jelly vision the creator harry godlieb no relation to the godly brothers of of chicago also make pinball machines uh he created a pin they make same pinball they create a costume party where the idea was supposed to be you smush two things together so for instance uh you you could uh, dress up like uh, let's see well, you can put like a, like a oh you mm -hmm. know what would be fun like you can put uh, the the like uh, okay well, I was gonna say like a, like something that's a smush like a before and after puzzle in Wheel of Fortune with two people or two things so you could be uh, baby shark NATO for instance 
and just that, that's a great one and dress yourself I up might with, steal with baby shark toys uh <laughs> you can dress yourself up like a screaming swedish guy and carry around like a little piccolo and call yourself pewdiepied piper <laughs> that if sounds racist it not, sounds like 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 a good racist character <laughs> It's okay, given his following audience. It sure is a PewDiePie Piper, uh, but <laughs> or he can just like go go into the the funnier Yogi Barracuda. Uh, oh, uh, you can be uh, you could I could dress up like Pat Sajak from Wheel of Fortune, and then uh, dress up like Kiefer Sutherland in Twenty Four. Uh, you see where we're going at there. I'm Pat Sajak Bauer. Okay. There yes. <laughs> This I, I, I'm going to be honest with with you, Jordan. I felt so dumb watching this show. <laughs> uh, I, I I I maybe got three right total. It's it's I, I you know what you're not wrong. I don't blame you, and I think that's also why the show ended up going on to two a.m. on the USA Network. At one point, it was like their seven a like seven p.m. spot. They're going to air it as a lead into their day t- their prime time block, and then suddenly it's just no, you know, we don't really want this. Can we just put it at like two a.m. and just like finish this off because we guaranteed to air these? What a uh, what a death now slot. I've I've I mean that that's I, I'm trying to think what else could people possibly have been watching? Maybe. Adult Swim at the time, Toonami at the time. 2 a.m. in 2001. So, yeah, they would be watching a rerun of Crank Yankers, maybe. <laughs> they would be uh, infomercials for, for Ronco Rotisserie Chickens. You know, I, I like, always would be up as a kid. Like, I was, I might have been seven years old in, in 2001, and, and I would see Crank Yankers, and I would just be so scared. I was frightened by crank anchors. I don't know if anybody else had that same experience, but it's the eyes. Was, it's the eyes. Yeah, it's it, it creeps me out. Uh, and now they brought it back, and now, and now the whole world has gone mental again. So with this smush, they had a costume party with all the silly costumes, and Harry Godlieb uh, decided, which is such a fun idea, let's make this into a game show where uh, essentially their pilot was filmed inside his own apartment building <laughs> like it was one of those <laughs> the contestants were all jellyvision employees this was just a pilot the scoreboard was a whiteboard <laughs> that they had in the office and this i'm glad their... to see that the production values didn't really increase much i will if i show you it you're gonna think this is crap <laughs> <laughs> and this was 1996 uh for instance uh here's a few examples of a smush uh for instance, uh, if I was to say a uh, funny Chicago comedian who's also a guest on Game Shows, I suppose, plus Candace Bergen's sitcom where she plays a journalist, the smush there would be Chris Murphy Brown. <laughs> God, this is... I feel so... Every time, now I feel so stupid. Now, it's not just the before and after puzzles that are the complex version of this. It's because just to add an even more complex element to it, it's not just connected by a word, it's also connected by a syllable in a linguistic way. So, uh, for instance, if we were to do the host of game shows, I suppose, plus uh, a predatory business strategy, Jordan Hostile Takeover would be a, a smush. 
one that would be used in 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 the TV show Smush. Here's one. Uh, Sid and Marty Croft Dragon, that's Mayor of Living Island, plus a cheese baked straight into the crust of a Pizza Hut pizza. Chris, you're still thinking, like, oh, geez. Is uh, it puff pastry? Uh, HR puff and stuffed crust. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like uh, Liz. It is, but not only, but the thing is, these are all like the, I think a lot of these are either bad puns or enough to make the audience go, oh. <laughs> And there's a lot of that in this episode that we watched. It is. The best part is is when there's the groaners and then the audience is like, uh, and this is not like rehearsed groans. This isn't even like applause applause. And Ken Ober's <laughs> just in there going, uh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> That one didn't work, all right. Let's move on. The one that we saw was uh I guess I should explain the format. Uh, so in the smush that they pitched, it was with three players and had weird tournament style. The one that they created is a fun-filled game with four players. And in each round, the lowest scoring player gets eliminated. They are all answering questions that are the smushes, like the ones I've explained. Uh, for instance, a dinosaur movie with Jeff Goldblum plus a disease uh, that makes you... Uh, that, that Michael J. Fox has, Jurassic Parkinson's disease. Uh, that's the kind of smushes you come to expect. They buzz in with the correct answer, and they get one point. If they get it incorrect, who cares? It's all in fun. Whoever's the lowest score is out, and in round two, they do a trifold, which is three parts, and then a four-part, and then they take out the next one, and it just continues from there. When they're down to two people... It becomes what I would probably say Chris Chris's nightmare. <laughs> that third round. Oh God. You know what I'm talking about. That because because round ones is just like put the two together and then here's three. N- Nintendo game Cuban sandwich which. Uh but in the smush chain, it's a seven part chain. <laughs> And it keeps stacking one on top of the other on top of the other into what amounts to a colossal mess. The first one's worth one point, then two, then three, then four, then five, then six, and seven. It's a big point build around a big catch-up round as well to determine who goes to the bonus round. And Chris, what if I told you I was so bored I wrote one myself? Uh, <laughs> I, you couldn't have done any worse than these <laughs> that they did. All right, so here's the first clue, and if you don't know, I'll answer with you. Jimmy Buffett's cocktail-based restaurant. Margaritaville. Correct. See, you already got a point. See, it's that easy to win points on this show. (laughs) And now remember, with a smush chain, it plays off the next word. So, band famous for YMCA. Margarita Village people. Correct. That's two points. Publication famous for Sexiest Man Alive. Margarita Village People's Magazine? Correct. Margarita Village People Magazine. Lucy Lawless stars in this TV show spinoff of Hercules. Margarita Village People's Magazine a Warrior Princess. Correct. <laughs> You're just going, Jesus Christ. This is going to stop. <laughs> Super Mario's Damsel in Distress. Margarita Village People's Choice Magazine a Warrior Princess Peach. No, because you said People Magazine. It's people's choice. It's oh god! It was Margarita Village People Magazine, a warrior princess peach. Ugh, 
Close. Close enough. Then it goes to 1950s term meaning all right. Margarita huh. Village People Magazine, a warrior princess, Peachy Keen. <laughs> I would have lost there anyway. And into the final one for seven points. What the, let's, uh, I think this is where it gets into the complex. A reproduction of TV shows onto film. Margarita Village People Magazine, warrior princess, Peachy Kino Scope. <laughs> if, if that sounds like fun, have I got the game show for you? <laughs> uh, but it's... It, has this nice pride of chicago with jelly vision they pitched that game out and it i guess the usa network picked it up it has the jelly vision music team andy poland composed the theme song uh it has uh an apartment building as a nod to its original pilot and that's about it i think they they filmed it even in like like los angeles just because well of course they would as a fun oh whoa it's worse I just got a note here from my little note place called Wikipedia. The show debuted at 11 p.m. Mondays through Thursdays. And then sometime in January, the show moved to midnight. Then Tuesdays to Fridays. In mid-February, the show was cut down to two episodes on Wednesday mornings at 4 a.m. Oh, my God. That's still too too early. It's, they really did not want this show to last. And you know what? If that smush team did not bore you to death, well... Now you know why. Even though I think it's still charming the way they handle the, the puzzles. Uh, the final round, it's five clues in 45 seconds. Each one you get right, it's $1,000. Get all five right, you get $8,000. $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, $4,000, $8,000. Uh, then they hand over prop money. Then you go into the crowd, and that's it. We end the show. Uh, what makes this show a little appealing is the host is Ken Ober. Chris, I don't think you know who Ken Ober is, but uh, he is... Uh, he used to be a game show host on a thing called Remote Control on MTV. Okay, yeah, I think I barely remember that that show. I think that was a show that gave Adam Sandler his first career. <laughs> <laughs> I am not kidding. He worked on that show because it was basically like a, a it was like a trivia show about TV, and then they would have actors appeal to play characters. So he played something called like the Trivia Delinquent. So imagine Adam Sandler wearing a bandana and a leather jacket going like, yeah, suck it. So I was talking to this TV character and he was all like, hey, and I'm like, well, you're an A-wipe. Who am I talking about? <laughs> and you're like, this guy is going to make the movie click. <laughs> and <laughs> grownups too. <laughs> In the two years. greatest films ever made. And the, the most iconic films of our history, such as I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Um, and, and he hosted that game show, Ken Ober. And that show ended in like 1990. And this was his last break to host a game show. And this was unfortunately the last one because he did pass away. Uh, in the Vanna position, the model position is a lady by the name of Lisa Durgan. Uh, no one really knows who Lisa Durgan is. Maybe, maybe you don't. She was a Playboy model in 1998, who later became a sportscaster in CBS here in Los Angeles. Woo woo. Uh, at one point, she dated Michael Bay. You know, I I, I happen to think Michael Bay is a uh, un underrated genius. So good for her. And she hosted four game shows afterwards. Poker Royale being one of them. Master of Champions was the most recent. And then Race to the Altar, which was like a wedding like race game show. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying they're good. I'm just saying she hosted them. 
Uh, and that, that's basically how the show work. And then there's like little mini games. Like in round one, there's a speed round where they use images to help illustrate the image. And one of them was a nice photo of Kevin Spacey with uh, what I thought was a seal, but it's really a sea lion. Kevin Spacey sea lion. It, it, it's weird that that's also like the, the little like clip you see when you click on the YouTube uh, episode. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think they're like they would have changed that after some recent news. No, no. Why would you change such an iconic? Now, they, now the thing is, you get choice of three images when you pick a thumbnail now on YouTube. So, what's to say the guy can't just go back, change it to being Ken Ober smiling, or uh, people sitting in an audience looking bored? <laughs> oh my God! Everyone looks either bored or scared during this. <laughs> now, I think like the contestants are just f- frightened. I, I, I'm going to I'm led to believe the contestants were like casted one week prior. So they are completely out of the loop of how the game works. And then those <laughs> that get it just like sweep the entire show and then they go to the bonus round. And the ones that were just there like, uh, I don't get it. Uh, what? What's the <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> they kind of just like stall and they get eliminated real quick. And they just like it's it's like the easiest show to watch. Not because, like, oh, man, how boring is it because they lost. But in the sense of that's the appeal, I think. It's the weird puns, the word play. It's the contestants who are clearly, like, they casted within weeks. And you can just see what I would say is actually more the most realistic game show contestants I have ever seen. If I can be honest, I think we've seen the most realistic <laughs> game show contestants with Smush. They're definitely like the most like regular looking people I've ever seen in my life. They're not like, woo, I'm here to win the big money, Ken. Glad to be here. Big old smiles. <laughs> like, it looks I'm, like if they lose, they're going to be taken in the back and just like guillotined afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure if there was like a revival, that would probably be the case. But the, I think <laughs> I, I like the idea of it being like a house party kind of situation. Like everyone's there. But they kind of, and I think that's the only drawback I have with this show, uh, besides, you know, casting wise. It's the, when you see this game show, which I love, I love this game show a lot. I love the theme song. I love the wordplay. I play along with this. I'm smart. I feel smart playing it. <laughs> it's the, we're going for a house party scenario. So we don't really have the classic game show dynamic. And I think that was their big appeal. This isn't a game show with podiums and a scoreboard that lights up with TVs. The audience members aren't falling asleep watching Pat Sajak. They're here. They're drinking beer. They're playing beer pong or something. And there's none of that. It really is just like they're just standing around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at a... At the clip you sent me of the pilot that they that they filmed, and it's just like, well, for one thing, this guy has got like a club or like yes. a bone or something like that, and then they're all just drinking beer. Now I, that's I a show I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to see if these guys were very drunk doing this game. I think it's much like I think there's a lot more of an appeal if they had just had to get pissed drunk and and try to do wordplay. Now I. Now you're just stumping like eight steps ahead of me of if we were to revive the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
you you already nailed it on the head. This would be a definite pub quiz game show. You set this at a bar. You make sure the contestants are are that day drunk. Now I can say uh, I used to host trivia back in New Orleans. I did it for a couple of years, and I I didn't know about this this show, but I tried doing something similar to this for one round, and people hated it. People didn't understand what was going on. People were just mad. Nobody got any of the answers right, and I learned to never do that again. Did you like write the questions too and everything? Yeah, I would make my oh, own. And, you would and be people pissed. Would be pissed. You would be fucking pissed off. <laughs> Everyone just got very upset with me. I lost my job a couple times doing that. I'm telling you, guys. Red <laughs> Green Day. <laughs> it makes sense. God damn it. <laughs> I'm telling you guys. <laughs> uh peeping Tom Brady. It's fitting. It's works. <laughs> He's spying on his son. He wants to kiss him. <laughs> Why is he holding that hat up? <laughs> and I I think Ken Ober's a good host. He clearly wants this to be a good game show. He clearly gives a sh- <laughs> But I think there's a huge issue in the department where if the guy from Remote Control, the game show where they drop popcorn on people's heads in the midpoint of the show, he's now reduced to, here's some prop popcorn from a prop department at Warner Brothers. <laughs> like, it just feels flat. And Lisa, I like her in this because all she does is the scoreboard. But there's no much, there's not like a real much banter. It's really just like, oh, uh, well, Tim has... Three points. Chris has one point. Jordan has no points. Gotta catch up, Jordan. And that's exactly how she sounds, too. Like, that flat and that scared. Like, she's thinking, like, I just... This is the eighth episode of the day. (laughs) We only have booked this studio for two weeks. We have to hurry this up. And then Ken's like... Did you find Ken Ober being a little, like, weirdly sexual, too? Was that just a requirement? Oh, no. But this was the horny Ken Ober. This was the Ken Ober. We're watching USA Network. Look, it's Playboy Magazine's Lisa Durgan. She's <laughs> one of the hottest women out there. <laughs> Her and a jug's going to help us in this in this wordplay game right now. As we play this fun <laughs> word game. Uh, <laughs> What's hornier than wordplay? Derek Hugh Hefner? <laughs> 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 Riverdale Gribble? Uh, <laughs> and the, the, the one appeal, besides the speedrun, by the way, there is one thing that we did see, and I think this, this needs to be brought up in, in a special light, is the smush cinema uh, bonus <laughs> puzzle. <laughs> I, you know, I have that in my notes as well. <laughs> Go on. Talk about the oh. smush cinema. <laughs> oh, my God. So... They, of course, dress Lisa up in a cheerleader outfit. And, and uh, some guy who was supposed to be, was it, uh, what's his face? Michael Michael Penn? Yes. Uh, <laughs> who looks nothing like him. And he looked more like like off-duty Mario. I think that's the appeal. It's like, you know, here's this schlubby bearded man who looks like John Favreau's brother-in-law. <laughs> And here's Lisa Durgan, sexiest lady in all of game shows now. And you're and they're reading off two different uh movie lines and it's put the movies together. So it was bring it on Golden no Pond. No affectation at all. 
<laughs> to, to, I'm sorry. So you can say the phrase, bring it on Golden Pond. That's the solution. <laughs> and oh, the acting, God. oh man, is that great acting? <laughs> oh my God. It it was, uh, like, I, th- I think Lisa's like, I'm the cheerleader from the movie with the, we gotta, go, we gotta get it. And the guy's like, hey, we should kiss, doll face. And it's like, oh I my think God. we should kiss, doll face. <laughs> It wasn't even like it was, it was so like the it. I don't know like what level of improv that was. <laughs> like what level of improv <laughs> acting that guy had. I mean, that's typical improviser. <laughs> I mean, if, if I'm going to be honest, that's he. He's at a high level if that's the improv he's doing. Is, is he at the 101 stage, or is that a 401? He's intentionally bad. Uh, from from what I've seen, that can get you in a lot of Harold teams. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Great, I have an, more, more chops than people on a game show, and I still don't get this. This, this is the worst life I live. I am in oh, hell, yeah. Chris. <laughs> you and me both, buddy. What, 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 what do we have to do? Do we have to dress up in, in like uh, jumpsuits and go, hey, we're the Ghostbusters. We ain't afraid of no ghosts. Oh, my God, that's going to get you. <laughs> Friday night, 8 p.m. slot at a... Uh, one of the many Chicago, like fine Chicago improv spots. If you do one of those bits. I'm on my way to the UCB to star an ass scat. <laughs> <laughs> you came for the second city. Well, you got the second rate. I'm sorry. <laughs> you get what you came for. Jordan, how how upset were you that they didn't tap you to host the Q and A session with Kamala Harris? You know, I. I found out Richter hosted it, and I was deeply upset because, well, besides him being a well-known game show host of things such as Big Fan and the the Food Network cooking show, I forgot the hell what it was. It's basically a bootleg Hollywood game night. Um, I was deeply upset because, I mean, it's Kamala Harris, and uh, she is a senator of this great state of California, and the, the fact that, you know... Richter, Richter not only got to host it, and Kamala got to be there, but Kamala got to sign the wall. Do you know what oh honor God. it is to sign the wall at the UCB? I, I don't. Is that reserved for, like, the big guys? You have to at least have spent at least $40,000 with the program and have done at least <laughs> 100 hours of free work for the UCB um, before they even <laughs> let you draw the penis. <laughs> Oh my god! So you have to get like halfway through the improv program to. I have to. I basically not only have to do all the improv classes, then I have to do like the writing classes. Then I have to do a, like the the improv music department. Those little electives, and then for some reason, like win three cage matches, uh, direct two shows, and then show up for a podcast I've never heard of. <laughs> I think that's enough credits. What yeah, I'm trying to say like here it, is yeah. improv is just bogus and this guy sucks it's bad folks and this guy was somehow even worse than than that uh, the guy, congrats to billy Merritt on your job on oh wait, no that's too me <laughs> uh, congrats to mike mitchell for your job no that's even meaner what the fuck <laughs> i'm burning bridges chris this isn't this isn't good i do not ascribe to this uh uh jordan's views are his own uh, Doughboys, listen to Doughboys, 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 a good podcast, Platinum Plate Club on Patreon of the Doughboys. <laughs> Nick, Nick Weiger is not listening to us, is he? 
All right. <clears throat> Does he listen to podcasts? Does he enjoy things? You know, I don't tell anybody, but you know what? I bet he he's one of those lurkers of that close up Mitch account. Something tells me he <laughs> likes that a lot. I could definitely see that. I don't think, he, and plus, I bet he also follows Shampoodler. Yeah, Shampoodler's got a lot of a lot of fingers on a lot of pies in the podcast community. Yes, but you know what? That those fingers aren't touching this podcast anytime soon, Shampoodler. <laughs> if you're gonna dare drop, well, and you should probably send me an EM, like a DM or also an email address, so then we can hear the drop. But until then, smush. Now that I think about it, Shampoodler could also be considered a smush. Now, but you have to figure out like what's a poodler. Uh, hmm. Maybe it's like a artistic poodle. And I think like most like usernames too could also. <laughs> There's a lot of these weird smushes in real life. Now you think about it. <laughs> oh my god! I feel like I'm gonna start being like the uh, Jim Carrey in 23 and just start seeing these smushes everywhere now. Well, it's like, all right. Well, do you just like start going like bug main event? Do you just start? <laughs> do you go like uh? Jack AM PM Mini Mart? Do you what do you do? But do you uh I think this is a one way ticket to straight jacket at Bellevue. I don't no, no, not take me back there. They're not. <laughs> uh anyway, that's what I call a buzzcast net workout. Hey, right. yo. I have to I have that's in my contract. I have to bring up the Buzzcast network every so often. Um <clears throat> anyway, Smush has a night you know what? The set's nice. I think it's it's an appealing set. I just think there's just a lot of hiccups here and there. Rewatching it though, it's still a joyful thing, but stuff just feels missing. Do you think they need to have a better improver in the smush cinema, or just scrap that scene altogether? It just kind of comes out of no. It's just like one quick thing. I think it just needs to be scrapped. It kind of killed the flow. I, it, it it's just like there's a lot of separate parts of the game show. At one point. They and it's true, folks. I like to say fun facts. They were planning on making a smush PC game, and it never uh, went never went through because the show basically got put at four a.m. on two, like Wednesday nights. So, <laughs> do you think the show actually should have been like on during the afternoon at least, like just at the very least, put in the afternoon? I, I again, I don't know. I just there's just not a lot of appeal to a casual viewer. I think because. I consider myself a casual uh, viewer. I like game shows, but but this one in particular, I just was like, God, this is just too much thinking. If, and if this is t- too tough for you, Chris, do not watch Only Connect. <laughs> I'm just going to warn you right now. <laughs> Only can if this is like I, in terms of trivia, this is like a two hundred one quiz show. Only connects like four hundred one. <laughs> that is that will destroy your brain. Well. Well, I'd say part of it was just that, like, the references they would use were from, the, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. And that's really what threw me off. Like, they'd be like, name this movie that nobody's heard of in 20 years, but is current at the time. So I, th- I think part of the problem was just, it was a lot of current pop culture stuff that I just was, again, seven years old at the time. It's, and also, don't forget, like, this was right in the age of the, we know Trump, is, we know uh, Bush got elected. Uh, Donald Trump is about to start the Apprentice. This is pre-Apprentice, by the way. Really? So it's in that sweet spot. It's in that sweet spot of before everything went south. Yeah. And yet, well, I mean, 9-11. Well, oof. Do you not consider that going south? 
Well, I mean, a couple of things went south there. Um, <laughs> but it's the it's also a a a way of of knowing that uh, maybe the game shows are the simulation here. Hmm. I still think that you know, like I you read about the bug man, you read about the simulation. And it's this this fact. I think game shows are a key to all this, and I think they might have a correlation. Not just smush of aired right between repeats of silk stockings, but but everything in between here. And I like the idea of this party game show, but there wasn't really much of a party atmosphere. <laughs> I love the music. It's like it's like. Have you ever seen a game show you like every aspect of, and then you just like it kind of just puts you out sometimes not because you're too dumb i'm i'm smart i'm smarter than you chris i'm sorry <laughs> and then chris is like you piece of shit i want to be a guest no um no, <laughs> is but, this how you treat your guest no <laughs> no it's just me is this just is this a personal attack on me no like you're also funnier than me i will say that much <laughs> um but it's this uh uh, it's like when you play along and you know the answers and then you see all this stuff going through. It's like, this is good and I like it and I like it a lot. And then you kind of realize like, oh, but then like a Chris and someone else will see this in a different light and go, actually, this is dumb. <laughs> this is like the dumbest <laughs> game show because I can't play along. <laughs> the jokes are bad. The improv is bad. Like, why am I supposed to get enjoyment out of to which I, I will keep saying, 1998 Playboy model, Lisa Durgan. There's a lot of just desperation going on here. Like you said, Ken Ober's trying to rally after 10 years of being away. This Playboy model is probably trying to have a grasp at a, a different oh, no, career. That wasn't even like a no, this is like, like three years before this, in 96, he hosted Make Me Laugh on Comedy Central. You want to talk desperation. <laughs> Let me tell you, oh my God. I think this is the next game show we have to have you on to talk about. Imagine this, a game show where you get like amateur comedians who are clearly, this is their first time on public television, and you're telling them, make this person laugh in a minute. I think I would just pull a joker. <laughs> hey, now, don't you can't, no, that's, no, we can't call it that. Think about <laughs> uh, what it would mean to the incels, what it would mean to uh, the Trump the Trump followers. What would it mean to? It's a dangerous movie. You can't see the don't see the Joker, folks. It's a bad film. I think I still think something bad's going to happen. One of those in one of those shows. Not saying that's not a threat. I'm oh, just... not saying something bad's going to happen in a Joker movie. I'm saying that's going to happen in a Marvel movie. Oh yeah, I'm a... and it's going to be like and it's going to be something like Martin Scorsese attends a filming like a premiere and it's I heard what you said in Variety you fucking asshole they all, they all take the shillelaghs out and beat Martin Scorsese <laughs> Casino wasn't good you fuck you're repeating your blueprint good fellas I only know Captain America and Iron Man piece of shit <laughs> it can't be racist Black Panther's black it's in his name <laughs> I'm glad that all the the Marvel like uh, uh, all the Marvel guys are just like if if you're different than a white man, you gotta have a name that ascribes to it. I like uh, I like that the, they just celebrate Captain Marvel with Brie Larson, 
and it took them like a decade before they came out with that movie. So, and instead of going, it took you 10 years before you decided to have a female lead. Ah, no, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Did a woman direct Captain Marvel? Uh, well, uh, I got some great news and bad news. Uh, the, the correct answer is yes, Anna Bowden did direct. But at the same time, so did Ryan Fleck. So, equality? <laughs> that works for me. Look, if you want to per... All I'm saying is you all slept on Aquaman. That's all I'm saying. You, you know, slept on I, Aquaman. I thought Aquaman would, would be bad, and then I... I found myself on a plane coming back from BugCon last year, and I put on Bob's Burgers on my uh, on my flight thing, the TV in in the chair, and then I, and then this kid put on Aquaman in the row after me, and I found myself just watching Aquaman over this kid's shoulder <laughs> for the first forty five minutes of the flight until he changed it. Oh, I, I I've I, seen it. <laughs> it seems good. I just watched. Um, what is it? Uh, uh, I know. I, I just watched Venom. Venom is also a fun movie. Yeah, it's you gotta have the dumbest protagonist in a movie I've ever seen. Tom Hardy is it? Apparently, Tom Hardy is a detective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't see this man uncovering like who stole like the cookies out of his cookie jar. He one scene is just him looking completely confused inside a convenience store. <laughs> he couldn't find the ramen. <laughs> I need a very specific kind of ramen. I need a. I want this. I want the the, the instant lunch chicken, and all I see is uh, shrimp. I don't want that. And then like, uh, it's the goop right monster next to them, Tom Hardy. Sh- and then the goop monster shows up. <laughs> oh God! We want a hot dog. We'll get you a hot dog. I want a hot dog. And I do love how the, the venom suit is stupid. And now everyone's thinking the same thing. How long is that tongue? Because I wanted to eat either my butt or my vajayjay. <laughs> I know what you're all thinking. I read your. I. You think you're safe from being horny on Maine? I see your likes. All right. Um. <laughs> but no, Aquaman's a very good movie. I love the visual style of it. I love Pitbull's ocean to ocean in that. And a lot of people just give it the same old, oh, that's campy, that's goofy, what, whatever. That's, that's fun to me. What does this have to do with Smush, you might ask? Well, um, <clears throat> uh, MSNBC show hosted by a former White House press secretary plus comic book company featuring Aquaman. KCDC Comics. There. Happy now? There you go, folks. See, I can I can wrap into a Smush. <laughs> See, I did it. I did it. <laughs> Also, how was BugCon? You know, it was it was uh, very exhausting because a lot of people didn't really know each other in real life, so we just kind of slowly figured out what was going on the whole time. And um, I think the first night, a bunch of us went and we we just did this pub crawl, and we just all just got destroyed, like wasted. So we were all exhausted. That second by by the second day we were already done. So, but the thing is though, BugCon's returning in 2020 at the Burbank Marriott, and all your favorites are set to probably return. I assume most of them at least. Um, <laughs> I know Bug will be there. Uh, you're going to be there. I I you spent some money, quite a bit of money. I did. You know, I. <laughs> 
I had some cash to burn at the time. I, I'm not saying you, you made a bad choice. I'm just saying thank you for thinking of me, and I will try to recoup <laughs> the payments in one form. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a, a lot of this is riding on you now, Jordan. <sighs> so uh, we're not going to make the announcement yet. We're not making the surprise announcement. Uh, I Jesus Christ! I got to mark my calendar and say clear my calls because last uh, when Bugcon happened, shit just fell on my lap that day, and it just like <laughs> it was the worst experience. But the thing oh, is, God. you flew like you flew out. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm like a three I'm a three hour drive, so it's like uh <laughs> I could have gone in, said, "Oh, you're Jack. Nice to meet you," and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, a three-hour car ride, that's that's nothing to sniff at either. I wanted, I just, I missed out on Craig Healy. That's what I'm most upset about. I missed out on Craig Healy. You know, I had, I had no idea who Craig was until that panel, like, he did his panel, and I was extreme, that was part of, I was just extremely confused. <laughs> that could be said for most people when you explain bug pain, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's it's, it's like, extremely confusing. It's extremely confusing, and you just kind of go, you know what? This is art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to break the fourth wall. I'll break the fourth wall a bit. Okay, I'm going to smash. I'm going to smash. I'm going to smash the glass ceiling. I'm going to smash the 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 candy glass of the mind right now. Bug main is from Doughboys. Doughboys is a podcast about chain restaurants. This bug main character was so weird and controversial, he found a little base. He found a little bug called a little skittle-scattling thing, and that little skittly scattly thing grew into what amounts to being a multi empire full of different <laughs> LLCs, including Bazizio Corp., including Buzzcast, including uh, space travel now. I cannot keep up with all the different ventures they have going on. And uh, to, to smash it again, you don't really have to. It's all basically like professional wrestling. It's all just carny <laughs> bullshit of just people <laughs> doing bits. And uh, I, as as the only person, the only person who doesn't do bits, you want you want your comedy, you want your your jokes, go somewhere else. I don't do bits. You want you want a bit. Uh, you know what I say? Add an E, and you could bite me. Now that's a smush, I think. <laughs> but no, it's it's also a lot of fun. Like everyone there is just super duper nice, and like if really, if really, if it wasn't for that cult of people, I'd probably not have the courage to make this podcast today. So thank you so much to everyone. Because um, I told them, and they're like, "Oh, this is like a comedy thing." Nope, I really like game shows. Then double do it. <laughs> um, with smush though, it's. I guess we kind of really rattled it down. It's just four to three, three to two, two to one, and that one place, the bonus round. They get their big fake money. They get $8,000 in the fake money in the classic prop a money model of real money on the top and bottom, paper slips in the middle. <laughs> See, I thought it was real money all the, all the way down, so you, you just have the inside scoop on all this. It's all, it's, I mean, they, they held like maybe $300. Like it's real money. There's still real money there. It's just they had to have the little fake. Because you're talking an audience and you're talking old bills. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they don't get to keep it. By the way, that's a prop. They get a little check in the mail. <laughs> and oh yeah, just, you got to pay the tax man. You got to pay on that eight thousand dollars. Which, by the way, this was like two thousand one. 
game show minimum was still 5000 so that was kind of like a little higher up but still not the $10,000 minimum that we see today on most game shows. Uh, but now it leads me into the final question. Should the show be rebooted? If so, how? Uh, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I think just, just, just make them drunk. Make, just get contestants drunk. Get everyone drunk. Get everyone get in the, the audience drunk. should be drunk. <laughs> so you won't let the host be like, all right, so <coughs> cartoon series with Rainbow, da- Rainbow Dash... And Christmas movie with Tom Hanks. <laughs> My I little think... Pony Express. It's Polar Express? Fuck you. <laughs> That's already a much better show. I would I would want it. So, so I think it should be an Irish pub. <laughs> I think it should be at a bar. <laughs> because then if they're eliminated, they can literally get kicked out of the bar. <laughs> That would be fun if they just have like a big, like a uh, bouncer guy who's like, "You got to get the fuck out of here." Yeah, like that's all you need is the fun bouncer guy, and plus, then you can naturally like banter with the bouncer guy because clearly he's like a professional wrestler on the side and he can act. So then you can put him in the <laughs> on River Pond on the Ridge on the River Kwai uh, <laughs> character role. You could have him dress up like Vin Diesel and then say, "I am Groot." That doesn't matter. <laughs> I guess it would be more fun if the if the references were more current. Well, I'm trying to do more cu- current references. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yours are great. I'm saying this. The episode we watched again was just like 1996 yeah. movie starring Diane Keaton. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A movie no one has watched ev- at all in 20 years. <laughs> uh, like this is the kind of shit that you would hear, like America Online dancing. Remember America Online, folks. <laughs> Those floppies were great. They were, they were great coasters. Hey, 10,000 hours is 10,000 hours. Nothing to scoff <laughs> at. Uh, and I, I think what I would do is make it like so it's at a bar. And rather that means going to Boston, going to Chicago, Philadelphia, New York, Los Angeles. doesn't matter. Like every... And then getting someone like a Frank Nicotero or someone who's just like a surly kind of guy hosting it. <laughs> And then you just rotate the uh, the the bouncer character, unless you want to make that a reestablishing character, and have the scorekeeper be some rando <laughs> from the bar. <laughs> like you just get some should, yeah. dude's girlfriend to just be like, "Hi, can you like just hang on to the scoreboard?" <laughs> okay, because then that adds more comedy banter to it. Because if the idea is you're supposed to have a party, it's upbeat, everyone's drunk. Now it can be almost a train wreck if you have this rando who's not familiar with the game try and adjust a scoreboard. <laughs> well, most likely drunk as well. And in the final round, I would just do six and 45, so it's $10,000. There. You just had one more question in the bonus round. That's all, the only change you need to do. You could afford a television. You get a little smart television. You get those little uh, tablets and just swipe. It doesn't matter. I mean, all you gotta do, all that's really necessary is a ringing instrument which are like very cheap and all you'll need is just uh, a booth maybe a booth or some tables <laughs> and you're telling me bars don't have that they don't even have a bar store you could just set it in a bar store you could just have it set up behind the bar and they buzz in because i want contestants piss drunk I want the host basically asleep, and I want it to be like one episode or two episodes per tape day. That way, you can just uh, you can see like which one's the first taping, 
and which one's the worst taping. <laughs> and also because then you have a different location, so you get different atmospheres and different vibes and different contestants. Because it's a much better ambush game show. Because clearly the contestants on Smush <laughs> only had like a week before finding out they're on this game show. So telling people like, hey, in about an hour, are you good to be on a game show? <laughs> <laughs> and then you get real mer- like real drunk assholes. <laughs> yeah, he works at the Verizon Wireless. Oh, he's he's a store manager of Hot Topic. You got real people, real retail gigs. And real, real Americans, real Americans. And uh, let, let's let's see. Uh, you get and then you get real questions like um, <clears throat> professional act, uh, professional wrestler turned actor in the Marine plus fancy name for movie theater. John Cena, Mark. We'll accept it. John Cena cinema. So you did it. <laughs> and there, of course, it was yeah. all modern. It's all modern shit. <laughs> I did it. I did it. Who did it? Me. Uh, here's one. Here's the final smush for you before we get to the speed round. <clears throat> Bob Iger's streaming service plus a person you bring with you to a party. Disney plus one. You did it! <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely just got to be modern. I think that's what... <laughs> so what you're saying is I should be like one of the writers for the show. You're yeah, I'll vouch for you, Jordan. You're gonna. Get, I finally get a writing gig. I get to write the modern day uh, smushes. Uh, On a scale of one to ten, how if 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 that was your first game show writing job, how would you feel? I'd be okay with it because I'm as long as you get like Jelly Vision people or the Jackbox team. If there's no Jackbox team involved, I would probably just be miserable. <laughs> you I, know, a, a a little secret about about the Jackbox guys is that uh, from what I learned. Is that most of those Jackbox games, and and I, and I hope this doesn't preclude me from getting a, a job over there, is that most of those games are just improv games because they're all improvisers. So so they're just like, yeah, we'll, we'll just turn this improv game we know into a, a video game. What, what are you saying? Arnie's an improver? <laughs> <laughs> are you saying oh, Tim yeah. Sniffen does like some 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 comedy on the side? <laughs> And maybe, just maybe, things like joke book are just improv games. <laughs> I'm just saying that this is that this is a strong possibility. You know, my life is a lot like mathematics. Mathematics is a suggestion from the audience, so now you have to fill in the blank. It really. <laughs> wait a minute. You mean to tell me this this funny shirt that's all suggestions is also? <laughs> Who needs trivia? You can just do improv games all day. Now that's my nightmare. Doing improv games all day. Oh God! Just not, I'd just, rather do smush. Just doing, a, just singing in the room. Zip, zap, oh. zip. No, it's off. <laughs> Zip. You're bringing you up bad memories of last week. Do you, do you want? We want to keep going with all the improv games. Uh. We need a suggestion from the audience of uh, an occupation you hate. <laughs> or do you want to go classic one word? Just any one word. <laughs> uh, I like to do the any word that's not a fruit. Word. And then you... S- oh, we heard, we heard smush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. Uh, and then you're just like, how do you, how do you start that scene? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I smushed some bananas and made a smoothie. Like, what? I, I laugh because, man, most improv is hacking. I think about it. 
God. This is becoming more of the improv discussion slash rehabilitation show than as game shows, I suppose. And I don't care. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's. Uh... I don't care. We kind of went through everything with Smush. <laughs> and I think we need this. I think we both need this, Chris. <laughs> it's gotta, you got to let the demons out sometimes. I mean, like... I. One time I was in high school and I was in comedy sports in high school. So that lets you know exactly what kind of caliber of improv you get. Uh, and I once said uh, uh, pussy on, in the, in, on, on stage and I got kicked out. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. But if it makes you feel any better, my mom wasn't there. So uh, I guess there's some, some silver linings in all this. That's too bad. She, maybe if she was there, she could have backed you up. Oh no! It was the the funniest thing is that was the first time she's ever missed any of like the shows I recorded or done. <laughs> it was just like so. She's like, "I'm so sorry. I was busy. Did I miss anything?" Nope. <laughs> just uh, I pretended I was a cow. <laughs> <laughs> now that is an interesting way to get to the that word. <laughs> Very fascinating. See, it's a high level of of, of uh, elevation. This this week on Inside the Improv Actor Studio. <laughs> <laughs> so in this uh, scene where we did rewind, reverse, <laughs> stop. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but now it's. I think it's much. We need to have more comedy. It needs to be more of like a shit show, and it need and that way it really does feel like it needs to be at midnight. I think so. You know what? I think there should be a cartoon character like in, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the, the whammies, like the whammy, whatever. I mean, there's been a lot of cartoon characters in game shows. There's been, uh, there has been this one pilot called Malcolm. I will show you this when we're done recording. Alex Trebek was the host. Oh my God. And imagine one of those, uh, like green screen, uh, almost, uh, clutch cargo looking characters <laughs> jesus is, christ it is such a wreck so what you're saying was you just have a cartoon character be the smush shows <laughs> actually that would be pretty fun <laughs> but have the voice over of it be really drunk <laughs> yeah it's still it's present there so you see like a you see like a whammy just completely drunk <laughs> and the guy's like Fucking Roger, you piece of shit. <laughs> I said I'll be ready in five minutes. Chris, you're on. I know we're on. Welcome back to Smush. <laughs> this round, there's three of them. <laughs> what? What? And it's like, everyone in the uh, every one of the contestants is just like, three of what? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I said what I said. He's not really explaining the rules. <laughs> this is the bonus round. You get one, you get a thousand bucks. Get all of them money. Okay, money. I like money. <laughs> I'm I'm falling in love with this. I think we we're on to something. Jackbox. Uh, after you're done uh, retooling uh, prop comedy, uh, please let us be uh, writers and producers of this new smush. Uh, let's let's see here. Uh, uh, Jungle Cruise Control. Uh, Dwayne Johnson and Johnson. Uh, b- 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 Billy Eilish. Uh, what was that? What's that cocktail called? 
Starts with Lish. Like Irish. Let's try to go for Irish. Oh, uh, uh, Irish car bomb. Yeah, there you go. Irish car bomb. <laughs> so Billy <laughs> Irish car bomb. Uh, you, you got uh we did Disney plus one. So we were good. We did it. We all modernized. Um, intern Netflix. There, uh, Stephen Cole, ba- bare minimum. Anyway, I guess we should do lightning ground now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Chris, we have five questions. Each one is 60 seconds. Uh, you get five of them, 60 seconds. Each one you get right. It's one free plug. Get all five right. You get five free plugs. Most podcasts only offer two. We offer five. Are you up for the challenge? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Best place in Chicago for a hot dog. Oh, God. Uh, the Wiener Circle. Favorite second city member? Bob Odenkirk. What exactly is celery salt? Uh, can I pass? Besides yes and, what is another overblown phrase used in improv? Deny. Is Portillo's really worth all the hype? No. <laughs> what exactly is celery salt? Uh, is that a um, a seasoning made of uh, salt and... Uh, <laughs> for some reason, I want to say butter. You did it! Like, You're right! <laughs> five for five! Oh my god. <laughs> we also would have accepted when you slice up celery very thin to the courses of salt. Ah, damn. But you got five plugs, Chris. All right, let's see if I can use them. <laughs> use them wisely. This is your big prize. This is what we pay people in exposure, just like everywhere else. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, are we ready now? We yeah, should, we're ready. Should I, just say I, got, I got the little right. clicker. Got the little click, got the notepad, got everything up. All right. Uh, I guess I'll uh, first my Twitter. It's uh, Drop Chris Murphy. Uh, uh, it's very uh, funny. T- wonderful friend. Go follow <laughs> Drop Chris Murphy on Twitter. It's uh, good. Uh, you know, it'd be funny if Chris forgets this episode. So I can do a call to action, like go to at Drop Chris Murphy right now on Twitter and send uh, Chris uh, gifs of uh, Ren and Stimpy. Your favorite Ren and Stimpy screens it could be Ren or Stimpy or both. It could be Power Toast Man. Uh, just just let Chris know uh, in the future with Ren Stimpy images. So that way, when this episode airs, he gets confused of why am I getting Ren Stimpy stuff? I'd probably just just be very afraid. Like I was about to, like it was an omen. I was about to die. <laughs> what's what's uh, number two? Uh, I this is has yet to be announced, but uh, I have my own Buzzcast podcast uh coming out uh, sometime in december uh it's called rose wars it's uh, a comedian uh a few comedian friends who like really love the bachelor and me who i've never seen the bachelor we kind of do a deep dive uh comedically uh analyzing the bachelor universe oh, oh so it's a it's a so you are doing an episode by episode interpretation of the widely popular and much beloved game show <laughs> the bachelor or I bachelor hope you're not Red, madam or bachelor pad or bachelor in paradise <laughs> uh, all you need to know chris is before you go in there uh the host is also named chris chris harrison and he used to host a game show called mall masters at the mall of america 
I can only I can only imagine what that game show would be about. It's exactly what you think. <laughs> the category is Spencer's gifts. Okay, I see. Uh, I will have to look into that. <laughs> and I will definitely be tuning to Rose Wars on the Buzzcast Network, where all the best podcasts are made. <laughs> the only the the only good ones. It's like it's we're we're I'm not look. I was told by producers do not call out other podcasters. Um, but you know, I looking at the list. I'm like there's struggle session. There's your Kickstarter sucks. There's Uncle to Uncle, and I think that the Buzzcast Network is kind of like uh, when you pan for gold and you you put all the rocks and you put all the water in there and you just start shaking it and shaking it and you know what? We're the gold. And all the rest, you're just shit. Oh yeah, baby, we're the best part of Buster Scruggs. We don't. We you know, we're we're above Earwolf and and Forever Dog and uh, Gimlet Media. <laughs> uh, what's what's that? Comp- crooked Media. Crooked Media. What's yeah. those? What's those dinguses that do Pot Save America? <laughs> oh, it's a uh, it's it's John and Dan. John, uh, don't forget John. <laughs> yeah. There's a John. few Johns in there. There's a John. Yeah. There's uh, a John somewhere there. There's John, 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 and Johnny. Uh, <laughs> I will definitely be tuning in only because I do have a soft spot for one particular season of The Bachelor, so I want to know when they get into it. Uh, what's number three? <laughs> uh, I'd say just come, if you're in the Chicago area, uh, I have some, I'm have i going to have my conservatory shows and starting in April uh, at Second City. Whoa, you're you're actually go you are in the Second City Conservatory. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, a little more than halfway through it at the moment, and um, and then I'll uh, I'll have done all the improv theaters here, all the big ones, all of the big ones, and that means that Lauren Michaels will be soon knocking on your door. Uh, <laughs> then you will get to go to SNL and you get to meet Michael Che. I can't wait. I have a lot of notes to give him. I, I would I would suggest not. Otherwise, you might be on Instagram stories. <laughs> I'll go tell him how much I loved Shane Gillis. <laughs> I was so upset that he got me. Yeah, just, uh, I don't know, just, I really, we need more Kate McKinnon in these skits, I think. <laughs> My favorite is how the Rudy Giuliani sounds a lot like Jeff Sessions now. Can't tell the two apart. <laughs> I, I have some thoughts on Kate McKinnon, but I do not, I, I would like a job in the industry. Not me, it's just like kind of what you're saying at the moment. I'm, what you're saying is she has the same depth of acting as I do, and I appreciate that. I appreciate being put in the same uh, acting circle as Kate McKinnon. I take that as a compliment. And you should. You should, Jordan. I, I, I would definitely say you and Kate McKinnon uh, would would be about the same in a sketch. I mean, I would. I, I too love to look at the camera in three quarters angle and then look at cue card. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, I'm just we're just anyway, Matt TV is also coming back and we can't wait to see Chris. <laughs> <laughs> What's number four? Number four, uh I would have to say, oh, uh I do I will be having a uh we mentioned it earlier. I will be doing I like to call it a panel. Uh I'll be doing a panel at BugCon twenty twenty. Uh it's gonna the the lineup is to be D TBD, uh, but we might have uh, this podcast on Jordan uh, a part of it. Um, 
but that's going to be in the works. It's not a financial situation. It's more of a, okay, so how, how are we going to get this, this over-elaborate costume over to the Burbank Marriott? And also, <laughs> can we actually like talk to the team behind I Think You Should Leave to bring out the chunky costume? <laughs> yeah, so, so, so we're currently ne- negotiating that right now, but uh, I think we're about to do a breakthrough at some point. BugCon 2020, it's real. Go to at BugCon official for further information about America's number one bug-themed convention circuit. And be sure to also check out for live events coming soon to your area. Remember what I always say, if Mike Mitchell is in a movie, you bet that the Doughboys Live is not going to happen. <laughs> and it's too bad because I always love those live episodes. The fans are always nice and quiet and respectful. I always, my favorite is always how they somehow always managed to book Gabrus. <laughs> I mean, he, I don't understand how he hasn't broken through the mainstream. I, I personally, I love Gabrus. Gabrus, I mean, I, I'm, the fun part is, this is the weirdest thing is because in the world of game shows, it's like you can pinpoint a lot of these people and I can c- connect to a game show. And I can definitely connect Gabrus to a few game shows. That makes sense with his career. <clears throat> he has hosted The Substitute on MTV. He was the substitute teacher. <laughs> and he basically brought around like a briefcase. And then it's like, you're on a game show. And the whole bit was at the end, it was the peer group versus the one winner. And if the one beats the 20, they get like a big cash prize. But if they suck and they lose, the the 20 losers all get to split up the cash prize. And it's that, all no, things that's like, an interesting it's one. all like stuff that's like in high school. And then, Round two is all pop culture, and then round three is just a bizarre mix of a lot of weird stuff with whipped cream and stuff. Then he hosted a game show on True TV. Remember True TV, the Adam Ruins Everything channel? <laughs> he hosted a game show called Hair Jacked, where he basically played game show host with the whole bit being that it's the only game show that takes place in a hair salon. And then in the final round, it was like a double or nothing question where if you win, you get big money. But if you lose, you get an embarrassing haircut. Oh, my God. And it's like you know, like those pineapple haircuts. Like they shave your head and it look like a pineapple. Hoo-hoo. Jesus Christ. And Gabrus is just like sitting there going like, ah, ha, ha. And you're just like, this only lasted one season. And it's not Gabrus's fault. <laughs> this is just a shit show. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like depressing to watch. If you trust me, if you want Gabrus to host a show, it definitely has to be like something that fits his character. He's great at playing like bully characters. He's good at playing big friendly characters. He's good at playing like the sports guy type. Like if you're gonna do a game show with jocks as the main demo, Gabrus should be your guy. They should bring him back as the host of. Uh, you might remember that it was a. It was the jocks or Joe's versus oh, pros versus, versus Joe's. Pros. That's exactly yeah. who I I wrote down. I have I have little notes of who should host what game shows. I wrote him down <laughs> as the Pros versus Joe's host. Oh man, wow. Okay, so we're on the same page on that. Because he and plus he does crack me up. Also, John Hodgman I wrote for the Win Ben Stein's Money episode with Jack Allison as the Jimmy Kimmel role. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, trust me. me, I already wrote like who, what, what game show uh, should we see? Uh, one Nick Weiger host, and what show should what Mike Mitchell host? I wrote all those down. <laughs> oh no, I have them. I'm just not saying it. I have I, it's it's under secret. It's under secret uh, vaults. Uh, 
when do you do or do you ever plan on like releasing them or like, I like release, or just... I will release them either right now if you ask politely or in the future. I'm cu- uh, I want to save it. I'm curious to know who you have for Nick Weiger if I could ask. All right. So, so a Nick Weiger game show? He's he's a little yeah. scrawny little twerp. He's a scrawny little nerdy kid. But you know what? He should host either a chain restaurant based food competition show. Uh, kind of like uh, there was this thing called the menu there like a few years back with Emerald as the host. He would have been perfect for that. Alternatively, uh, if they ever did go 8-bit, which was this British game show about video games because of how did this get played and his background in gaming and writing for games at G4. All I right. Do to... I do my research. <laughs> these are all deep cuts. I, I like that these are all deep, like very deep cuts. Plus, plus it's Nick Weiger. He's very improvisational funny. And it's a game show about video games, and you're supposed to be funny. So it would, it's right up his alley. That's his show to fail at. Uh, I wish Mike he Mitchell, could have done the cinema thing on Smush. Mike Mitchell, he should be the fat guy on Smush. <laughs> <laughs> just do that one bit. He he just shows up in the Ben Franklin from Craig's Save America. It's all about the memes, babe. <laughs> Or uh, when, or or most likely, I, I always say that Mike Mitchell, because of his uh, expertise in acting and his ability to basically play whatever, he really is a dynamic character. He is definitely fitting for a movie-based uh, game show, uh, such as movie trivia. Plus, if anything else, if there was a game show about the world's cutest cat, give it to Mike Mitchell. <laughs> Yeah, I can't Frank. argue with that. That sounds good. Uh, what's your fifth plug? <laughs> oh, God. oh man, oh yeah. Uh, uh, or do you need to pass up? No, uh, uh, I just got word. Uh, look out for Dune Boys. I think it's also on the on the Buzzcast Network. Uh, I should be making an appearance. I think I'm gonna be doing Dish Boys. I don't know if that's exactly a different Boys podcast. Of, uh, they get to. Re- I think that's all about what because. Because the rare view where a listener says, I like listening to Dune Boys while also doing the dishes. And uh, D- Dick Killjoy and, and Jeff Gibson and, and uh, oh wait, I, I, mean, I can't say that guy. Others, I can't say anyone's name because uh, apparently uh, he, he's still fired as of this recording. <laughs> I'm sorry, Novak. I can't, I can't say your name. Shit. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the, the Dune Boys... Are, are have a segment called the Dish Boys, and you're going to be on the Dish Boys. I'm going to be on the Dish. It's me, my official. I there was a character who I uh, kind of sounded like who 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 did a show on Dune Boys, but this will be my official. I think my name will be uh, in there, so I'm going to be doing di- Dish Boys coming up soon. And, uh, you can state, and I'm still waiting for the word for when to record the season finale, the big Dune quiz of the year. <laughs> I cannot wait for that. I get to I get to host a game show finally. Dreams do come true with the Dune Boys. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much for stopping by. We learned a whole lot about smush, improv. Uh, we learned about listen to one another. Uh, we learned about the importance of believing in ourselves, and that the Wiener Circle is the place to get the best hot dogs. Oh yeah, and they'll make fun of you. Well, at night, at night, they will make fun of you. <laughs> that is, was a, oh, by the way, that's also a game show. They yeah, actually really? made a game show based off the Wiener Circle. <laughs> oh, my God. It aired on True TV when they were branching off from uh, Court TV. 
and it was essentially just uh every single uh, like what if you did the hot the prize was the hot dog like a free hot dog or a free t-shirt <laughs> and it's like if you did not know this obscure fucking pop culture they would heckle you <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic i'm gonna drunk by the way the contestants were flat out drunk so it was perfect okay so then this is this is the perfect game show then yeah, I gotta. I hope there's an episode out because I want to cover. It. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure game show of mine. <laughs> uh, Chris, thank you so much for stopping by. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Chris, for stopping by. I had a lot of fun talking about it. You know, it's one of those shows where you know it, you don't. And you can rewatch it multiple times and then you finally get it. But it really all comes down to that before and after, those one or two syllables that connect everything together. And I could see why the show flopped, but I could also see why it became this cult phenomenon. And it's kind of, I'm in that in-between limbo. I do not know if this show could ever be revived, but I always want to see this show be revived in some capacity. Because these smoosh puzzles are just so much fun to play along with and create. And I know a lot of people out there in the game show world just really love Smush. And for me, because of that connection I have, you know, Jack, like the Jellyvision team are almost like like my like crazy uncles over there in Chicago. It's like, I can't fully hate this show. I know what their intention was. I think there were hiccups here and there. And with such a great team on board, ugh. Which is why I think Jackbox Games should just turn Smush into a Jackbox Party Pack game for Jackbox Party Pack 6. I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's worth trying out. It can't be any worse than Wordspud, which was mostly Smush without the clues, right? Right? I think so. Uh, but now it's time for the 110-part series exploring every pricing game on the prices, right? This is Pricing Game Spotlight. Add them up. Premiere date, September 11, 1986. 6174D. Finale date, October 3rd, 1988. 6971D. Add them up is a game played for a car in which the numbers and its price total a certain number. To win the car, contestants had to select the four digits in the price of the car with the digits 0 through 9, each of which could appear in the price only once, similar to any number. To begin the game, the contestant was offered one digit for free. They selected a position in the price, and that digit was lit up on the display above the car. To aid the contestant, the sum of the digits in the price was also shown on the game board, along with cards for each digit. The card representing the free digit was removed to the top of the addition column above the sum. The contestant then guessed one of the remaining digits they believed was in the price of the car. If they were correct, the number was lit up above the card and the card was moved to the addition column. The total, the subtotal of the first two digits was then lit up to help the contestant determine the total of the remaining digits. Another subtotal be displayed under the third digit. The contestant guessed it correctly. The contestant 
was allowed to guess one digit that was not in the price and play on. However, if they miss twice, the game is over. The price display that stood behind the car was shared with the pricing game Pathfinder, which still uses it to this day. Originally, the name of the game was shown above the car's price display, which was removed from March 31st, 1987, 642D, one week before Pathfinder debuted. It is the first pricing game to premiere but since Rod Roddy became a permanent announcer. You know, Rod Roddy! Trivia. The most number of times this game was played in any season was 19. The pricing game was similar to Gridlock, which would premiere 31 years later. Because of this, you can miss once before you are out of the game. Adam Up's game board was in the shape of a giant plus sign as well. Uh, this game can't be played with just any price. It has to be a price with no repeating digits. Uh, retirement, though. The reason the game ended was because of its confusing rules for many contestants, which caused the game to take too long to play, and a somewhat very low rent rate. I don't know. Is it because people are bad at addition and math? I don't know. Another reason is the wins are anticlimactic when a contestant is down to the last digit to equal the total. Finally, a possible explanation was the decreasing availability of attractive cars placed under $10,000. Adam Up was always played for cars with four digits in its price and was the last card game to incorporate uh, to be incompatible with five-digit cars. So, you know, uh, 7540... That would end up being a total of 16. So your clue is 16. You can pick one of those numbers and work from there. Um, to me, Adam Up deserved to have gotten the boot. It was a boring game. I never really cared for it as a car game. I do like the pricing tag being the, the one that's used in Pathfinder, though. But to me, it's just... I understand you want to do a clue and you want to do math. But it kind of just defeats the purpose of higher numbers if you know the 79s unless there was a very big digit and it's usually like a 15 16 17 18 19 or 20 as your clue digits and nothing else so it's kind of just a boring game to watch boring game to play not a lot to really get excited for i can't really figure out a way to incorporate this into a modern uh game show element so I, this is one of the rare where it's like, even I think this is one of those, it should just stay buried. But I did bring a Pathfinder, and next time here on the Pricing Game Spotlight, we'll be taking a look at Pathfinder. So we're approaching the end of the year, and there's not a lot of new game shows to debut. Usually about Christmas week is when there'll be one, and this is always when I'm the most anxious, most depressed, most sad, most frustrated. I don't know if it's just the holiday season, if it's because it's like the, the I'm losing hope, I won't get anybody, ah, uh, my brain hurts, depressed, I have no friends. Who am I going to call at 11.59 at night to record a podcast and get it out within 48 hours? Uh, those kind of things go into my head. And look, it drives me up the wall. It drives me insane. I I don't know if I can handle doing a game show podcast for another year. 
unless I just go back to being myself and not have guests, which I, I want to keep doing my groups. I keep want to keep talking with friends about these game shows. It's what I like to do, aside from, you know, the usual work of, well, news and reviews. But when I was in this huge sad slump since watching all of these game shows, a friend of mine uh, sent over a Rooster Teeth game show that just debuted called Chump. Now, Rooster Teeth to me has always been the Red versus Blue channel, the the machinima. I mean, a lot of people now know it for its like Let's Plays or the or also the animated show Ruby. I think they also did Genlock that came out I think this year with Michael B. Jordan. That's kind of cool. Uh, so for me, I just know Rooster Teeth from like the Halo days. So what's up, Bernie? Is Bernie still with the company? I don't know. But uh, the last time I saw something Rooster Teeth related was a while back with Hardcore Tabletop, where they just had their friends play Monopoly, but with real money. And it was a lot of fun, and I actually enjoyed watching that because it was this like almost game showy version of Monopoly, but in a way that was just authentic Monopoly with their own little flavor text in Monopoly spaces. But what I enjoy is the presentation. This feels like an authentic television show, but I know this is just like done in some warehouse in Austin, Texas. And when I was told they're going to do a game show, I was thinking, okay, so is this that improv show again? Uh, no, no disrespect to John. I think you're a real cutie hunk. But uh, no, no, it, this is an actual like panel game show instead of a improvisational who's line kind of show. This one kind of, if that was whose line, this kind of stems from the British panel game format. And it's a show called Chump. And I'm guessing it was created by Jeremy Dooley, who also serves as the show's host. This weird bald dude with like a leather jacket and this great sense of humor and this great hosting style. It is played with three rounds. And it's a little slightly confusing if I just say it's about points. So... Here's how I believe the game is played. Follow me on this one. There is rounds where there is a one Rooster Teeth contestant who's like on staff. I think it's a slow-mo guy. It was Gavin. And then there's three like actors who also serve as the contestants as well. And their job is to bluff the contestant and not only the contestant, but the audience at home. If the contestant in studio can solve who's telling the truth from the lie they get one point if they fail the actor that they chose gets that one point and then the same is played with the audience whoever the audience picks if they're right in picking the one who's telling the truth they the audience gets the point and if they fail the uh celebrity the the celebrity i'm gonna call it celebrity Sure, let's go celebrity, celebrity, contestant, audience. Audience and contestant, it's one versus the audience and the celebrities. Uh, they get the point. So it's played with two points per per round, one from the in-studio contestant, one from the studio audience watching live on roosterteeth.com. And there's points given to the panel as well, the celebrity panel. So in the first round, there was given like a random object. Kind of reminds me of the, uh, what's that thingy from Figure It Out? Uh, where the three celebrities 
each take turns explaining almost like balderdash what the thing is and then it's up to the contestant to figure out uh, who's telling the truth uh, and once again the points so it's up to two points could be one in any direction it could be given to the, the to the well, it's actually no two points could be given to the panel one point could be given to the in-studio contestant same with the audience that's why the scoring's kind of just a little confusing to me but follow me on this one uh it was kind of a what's that thing balderdash style and then they would have three questions to ask per person which i thought was kind of interesting because that kind of gave it that old school panel game show mentality uh, and it was, of course, played for jokes because they all know each other. Uh, then in round two, which I feel should be the final round, there is three uh, items. It's all true statements. And one uh, and either they're all true for each person. So one has this radical story. One has this radical story. One has this radical story. But they could have been mixed up. So either one of them had their own and two had them I had each of their statements switched all three of them were switched, so none of them are telling the same, the true full story, or all three got their own respective story, and they're all three telling the truth. So zero, one, or three, which is played for zero, one, or three points, which is very game breaking. And it's played with a 30 second timer, which I found also fascinating as well, because we went from three questions to a 30 second timer. I think this is just to experiment with the show if is it better to do three questions or 30 seconds? I, I'm not going to ex- explain that yet. Uh, in the third and final round, it was kind of think the the Jimmy Fallon box of lies game. All three of them have uh, items and ha- has nothing in their box, nothing in their box. But one of them has a weird, random, wacky object in their box, and they're the only ones that are going to tell the truth of what's in it. And it's up to the contestant to figure it out. Same with the audience. And it's played for the same amount of points, up to two, one, one. That's it. Three rounds. Whoever has the most points wins. And that's the game. So uh, Jeremy does not know the answers ahead of time. So he plays along with the contestant. And he also gags with them as well because it's like a panel show. And I think that's also a very funny mechanic because if the host doesn't know, same as the contestant, they can actually get some more authentic reactions, which actually makes the show kind of fun to engage with. Now, I enjoy the bluff mechanic, but I don't think the scoring system really works. I think there is no prize to be won or lost. Who's the best bluffer? There's no like punishment like like on to tell the truth, like the tweet a lie or fake news if you do the worst on the show. They're trying to make it so it's like the only two contestants is the in-studio contestant and the audience, which also is a bit confusing because the audience was only able to get zero, one, or three points in the second round, whereas the in-studio contestant, Gavin, was able to get four points because they said all three, and they were trying to explain which ones were real and which ones were telling the truth. And I think that's a fascinating way of looking at this. But I think that should be the bonus round. That should be the final round. If you're going to go that remark. If you're going to do the statements, one's telling the truth, one's telling the fib, 
I think you should either go full uh, would I lie to you and have it be a true-false statement with one person or you have one true statement and all three of them bluff their way into explaining their story. And then it's up to the contestant to figure out which of the three actually had that story and they bluff their way into figuring it out so you can have the jokes and laughs and still have the same point system as the first two rounds. Unless you want to make that third and final round like the big points round, in which case I got an idea. Why not you just have it be three statements and it's a true or lie and it's one point each. So you can get up to three points, both the studio contestants and the audience. Maybe that would be an interesting idea. Or you do some sort of thing where you had two contestants that are in studio so they're against each other and they win like a small prize like a little trophy or something it's called chump so i'm expecting like i don't know like a fake prosthetic nose with the big nose like like a like a big pinocchio nose trophy that's all spray painted gold i'm sure you can give that away you just have to get one of those uh plastic uh groucho Marx glasses and then like find a dowel and smooth it out right that's it you got your trophy just spray painted gold you're done uh <laughs> so it, it's a fascinating show it's played for laughs so i can't really get too uh frustrated with the scoring system but i think if you're going to continue this kind of who's telling the truth the audience isn't really a big part of the show I think what would make it better is if, and I'm just throwing this out loud, like I haven't written this down. You make the audience like the lifeline mechanic where it's if the in-studio contestants go with the audience, it's one point. If they go against the audience and pick one of the other two, it's worth double, so two points. And if they go against, those two points go to the bluffer if not it goes to the contestant something like that would work i think it needs to be something where if it's a one versus the the panel you should make it like a like a almost like a handicap match a three on one so it's the three's job is to work together to bluff the one contestant the one has to figure out which of the three is telling the truth otherwise do a two contestant in studio game use the audience as the lifeline to help gauge what they think is telling the truth and lie. I think if you were going to do some sort of final round, do the three statements uh, round and make it so all three of them tell a story and you're telling the truth or lying. And it's like a speed round. And use that 30 seconds of questioning in that one final round, whereas the last two are played with like one or two questions just to add some sort of fun to it. I kind of want to see two contestants rather than beat the one person and have it be each of them can ask one question and that's it because the three questions were a little too spread out and that way you can actually ask your three questions. You can ask like contestant one, ask a question, contestant two, ask a question, and then the host can ask a question. So you have your three per person. Nothing really changes there. You still have the same timing as you would with this show. And you have fixed the scoring mechanic by having the audience serve as basically a lifeline to also disadvantage whoever is the, the bluffers. Because if the audience says, this guy is the liar, 
well, now you can go for one point and, you know, like, hey, I know the, if I'm going with the audience and it's John or Gus or so, Barbara Dunkelman. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's, it's a fun show. I love playing along with it. This is one of those weird shows where it's like I couldn't ex- expect me to enjoy this, but I'm actually fascinated by this. And it's clear Jeremy knows his heart is in this game and i think he probably has a few ideas for rounds in his head as well such as like a dictionary based game maybe a fibbage kind of game where it's like fill in the blank of this weird statement and all three give a fake fact or maybe they're going to give like a here's a word what does it mean and those three give their fake definitions like balderdash i think he he has something here he has a good idea for a format Three rounds, interesting gags. I think he needs to keep that box. Of, I need the box of lies is fun. I think the the what is this round is fun. A lot of props in there. I think it just needs to be like one extra contestant with like a crappy prize of like the golden uh, Groucho Marx nose. Or you have it be a team game where it's the team versus the solo. And it's one point or two points played per game with the final round played for three. Uh, That way you can at least have some sort of like last second. This could be for all the marbles kind of thing. I, I enjoy it. I like the questions. I like the trivia. I like the jokes. This seems like, like a show that could actually be a success much like on the spot or any of these rooster teeth games. It's just all about, can they figure out the format? Because I'm. it sounds to me like they've been testing the, the games and they probably were thinking 2-1 scoring and all this and this was like their pilot. This could end up taking off and being better if they can just figure out two contestants versus the panel or incorporate the audience as a lifeline feature for the one contestant or make the audience seem like a more important part. Like the audience can decide a lie or a true for what the prize is or something. Cause if you're going for the interactive live element, try and do something that incorporates a live element, like a choice, a decision, a prize, uh, or in the case of what I'm thinking, a lifeline. So if you're, if they're a bad bluffer, the audience can detect it. Well, now it's only one point because the guy sucks so much or the guy's really good at telling the truth. You don't know. I think that's where it needs to go. It's played for laughs, so scoring's not important, but the jokes are there, the trivia's there, and I can see this working out. It's just a hiccup with the rounds, and it's a hiccup with the scoring system and how to incorporate that audience. So for that, I'm going to give it a solid B letter, and I do recommend you watch it if you can ever find it. Uh, It's called Chump. It's on roosterteeth.com. Maybe it's on YouTube. I don't know. But uh, that's all the time we have this week. Uh, Thank you so much for stopping by. Be sure to check us out on the Apple Podcasts. Do that five-star thing. Leave a comment. Let me know what game shows you want to see me talk about as I will scour the internet trying to find some people to talk game shows with uh also uh follow me on twitter at jordha j-o-r-d-h-a you can also listen to other episodes over on jordanhaas.com slash podcast and uh 
new, new patreon.com slash Jordan Haas. I have an exclusive podcast, throwing the hot takes, answering your personal questions. Doesn't have to be about game shows. Could be just about anything. It's called Honest Haas. I like to keep it honest. And that's all the time we have this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Join us next week when we talk about another great game show. I suppose. Till then, big smooch. Mwah.